0: Good morning! Happy Monday! I have NeuroCoffee in hand, and it is perfect! Alright, digging into a very busy Monday. Uh, Quick housekeeping item. iFast University members, uh, we have a call today at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're not a member of iFast University and would like to participate in this call, please go to iFastUniversity.com, get yourself signed up, and please join us at 1 p.m. today. Digging into today's Q&A, this is Cameron. Cameron has a really good question. One of the things we have to understand is that no movement takes place um, without a gradient. So we have to have a differential in our ability to to, uh, change our shape. So um, humans are primarily water, so we use compression and expansion to move through space. And if we don't understand how we are compressed or expanded, then we don't understand how we can help people restore their movement capabilities. And so this is why we have to rely on things like understanding archetype and starting conditions. And again, the the strategies that people will use that become limiting in regards to movement, so then we can actually help them recapture um, those movement capabilities. So we talk a, a great deal in this call about position and how we can apply pressures to promote these shape changes that are so necessary for movement. So thank you, Cameron. Great question. Um, Very helpful for a lot of people. Um, Once again, see you all on IFSU at uh, 1 p.m. today. Everybody have an outstanding Monday. I'll see you tomorrow. So basically, Alex asked this
1: question a few weeks ago and then it sort of goes with Jen's question. So I lost lost sleep last night thinking about the foldable meat suit. So it's... I was thinking about, so let's say like in, in Jen's picture case, if there's like a, a venero and if I want to, and like whatever activities I give them, they're not, not particularly working. So I'm, so I'm trying to like use like manual intervention to start to like shape the ribs and the, and the pelvis to start getting their, like, like an actual turn in on, on that right side. Okay. Um, so, I think where I'm at start with 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 the narrow in that case is like if their ribs are like sort of like they're sort of out like that, straight, yeah, yep, so it's like you gotta get it you gotta put them like on some sort of like heel helical pattern, so that's where like the standing behind them sort of trying to like like tuck them back in, like try to bring them back, uh-huh, so then once we're. Once we're there, I'm coming like I'm trying to picture sort of like Jen's picture in that case, where it's like, so like once they get there, and if they still appear where like the right side's down, but clearly they're not, they're just like it's just multiple twists on a twist on on that on that rib cage. So I was trying to picture like sort of what do you do next to try to help like to, to like get some sort of like AP expansion on on that right side.
0: Okay so so you said a narrow ISA right Yeah Okay Where 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 is the expansion on somebody that is compressed Like like so so the, so the compression is 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 essentially anterior posterior correct Yes Okay so where's the expansion Like where where can you create a gradient
1: like at their like at their belly
0: Jim Marcello knows she, she's going to say it out loud and, and embarrass you. I yeah. gotcha. Oh, I'm very
1: embarrassed.
0: <laughs> It It's sideways, right? Yeah. Like, th- like, so, so this is a point of confusion for a lot of people that, that think that the ISA is an angle measurement, right? They go, well, my angle's 106 degrees. And it's like, okay, so what? Um, uh, so, uh, you ever have like a narrow isa and they're they're laying on their back and you're going to do some activity in supine and they take their first breath in and then their 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 ribs just literally separate sideways like the red sea you know like it like it like and it looks like they're 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 about three inches deep front to back and then they just go like crazy sideways
1: yeah yeah. yeah always confusing (laughs)
0: Okay. Right. So, 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 so air volume is following the path of least resistance. So, the AP compression is not going to let them expand front to back, but they can expand sideways. And so, so this, this, like everything that I, that I talk about in regards to rolling is to affect that capacity to create the gradient. And so, so where you have to apply the, the, the pressure then is into, you're going to take away some of that, that expansion. And I'm going to try to promote it to, to move in the other direction. One second love you um and so this is why you would start somebody in in sideline versus supine um be, because again the, if the goal is to is to um influence the gradient you have to go where the expansion is possible first okay that's how you determine it's like what, what position do i put them in to start it's like okay let's where say can you
1: create okay we put them in like left sideline in this situation, and I, I'm going to use my hands to like create, to 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 create the the gradient at that point to start to shut off that that lateral aspect of the rib cage. Okay. So like in because I I know with the wides it is that is that they're sort of a caliper situation, so like it's fairly easy yeah. to see and feel where you're sort of like tucking their ribs like into their pocket. Uh huh. Kind of
0: uh huh.
1: I guess I'm trying to figure out. So it's like once we get some malleability to their, the, the, not have the ribs be so straight. Like yeah. in that case, like am I am I still sort of creating the the IR from that side with my hands, like okay. still tucking into the pocket?
0: All right. So number one, narrow ISA individual. Do they have a great middle propulsive face? No. 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 Okay, so when you when you take a narrow to to Mm sideline, you got to start thinking the bias right away. Okay, okay. So so I've got I've got lateral expansion um, based on on the current shape, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to create a bias um, to to create the turn that you're you're talking about like right away. So I if I was guiding the rolling,
1: yeah,
0: and you've seen me do this. Yeah. So, I, so I'm applying the downforce through the pelvis, but I'm also driving the shape of the pelvis and the direction of, of the, the short arc roll, because what I am actually trying to do is create that that turn from the starting position. Because if I just leave them in middle in, in, in middle propulsion, it's, it's not the best place for them to, to be as a narrow because of the shape of the rib cage,
1: because I have to create the bend in the ribs. I see. So, so once you, like, give them back, like, a helix of some type rather than being straight, and that's, you'll, that's why you'll just, like, you know, so put them in the sideline so they're, they're in middle P, which they don't have very much of anyway, and then that's when you'll, like, you know, either, you know, from sort of the backside of the ribs or the end of the pelvis or start, like, bringing them, and they, so you'll start, you'll actually just start rolling them to move them towards early P and then the late P on that side because they got a lot of that. Yep. So say once you've got that and they like just still suck at like and then so say once they get a little bit better at that but they just like don't really have like they're still lacking any measurement or shape or you don't really see that like dorsal rostral expanding. So like if they're if they're narrow like they're already they're already sort of like over to that right side so I guess like I just keep like patient if I do like a dorsal rostral. Like expansion scapular mob on the right, like that would probably just take them, floating them up more to the right where they're at already. Like, can I do that, or does that like? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay.
0: So okay, so so okay, when you're doing the scapular mobilization, what are you what are you doing?
1: Uh, I mean, like I'm trying to create like a like a yielding or like early P in that case. Like I guess something in the one where I'm standing in front of them and like my hands are coming up and over.
0: Right, no, I know exactly which one okay. you're talking I want to
2: about. Make sure.
0: Okay, yeah, um, so it's, it's, it's literally the same thing that we, that we were just talking about. So it is, it is a way to be, and, and again, what you're doing is you're just being a little bit more specific as to, as to where you're gonna be promoting the, the expansion. So you're gonna create the delayed representation on that same side that you're manipulating the scapula. Right, yeah. And okay. so that's a short arc role. You're just driving it. You're just. You're so. You're fixing the humerus against your chest as
3: yeah. you're
0: doing mobilization. You move the scapula into the position that allows the dorsal rostral to to expand posteriorly, where you have taken the scapula away from that space.
1: Mm.
0: And so then, so then the so the 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 side closest to the table would be a later representation. The the side uh, that you're you're manipulating. Is going to be the delayed
1: side. So, so then, from there, I can read. You could actually just like start roll, put them in the late on the top part, and like yeah, like, you can close it back down and bring them, bring him towards you. Yeah.
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. It was much more simple than I thought. Right?
0: Well, I, I, discussion is very simple. Like, like well, no one has failed on one of these calls before everybody is successful on these calls come on Cameron it's like nobody ever misses you know nobody has to deal with these live humans that have their own thoughts and beliefs and and issues right yeah. no it's it's always hard it's always hard but but the 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 thing that the thing that you can that you want to fall back on as a rule okay mm-hmm. so okay here you go have, have you done any of the ISA roles? I yeah, i keep calling them mummy rolls but yes that would be the wrong that would be the wrong thing to call them because that would be absolutely wrong in every way in every way um no so so uh, but you've done them right yeah okay and then there's a there, and there's a difference between how i place my hands
2: mm-hmm.
0: depending on which side i'm going to be be, be or, um, determined by uh archetype as well right okay yep.
1: why why is there a difference? I mean, well, because sort of like the one that's closer, like on your chest, right? And then if you go on to that side, like that would. Bring oh, I'm, I'm with out. you, but, but it's like, but why is what what why does this matter? Uh, I'm. I mean, because like, I, at least the way I pictured it is that like, it, if it's if it matters, because just because the helical angle of of the wide's got to come like turn on a week, and then the the narrows can just sort of spin.
0: Okay, but 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 so it it has to do with with with, with the action that the pressure is being applied, doesn't it?
1: Oh yeah, because the elbow is like free on you. If it's okay,
0: on you. all right. So so what I'm doing is I have to I have to say, well, here's here's where it's expanded. I have to compress that space down, so I can expand something else. Right, that's the rule. Okay? Yeah. The rule is I have to have a gradient, right? So I can manipulate the volumes and the pressures. Otherwise, nothing happens. Like if you take some, you take somebody that walks into your clinic and and they've got here you go. This happened to me uh, uh, this this week. Five, five, five. And that was hip ER, hip IR, straight leg raise, Okay? Five five and
2: five no gradient didn't roll him okay couldn't
0: wouldn't matter it's like rolling a tootsie roll across the table okay no no change whatsoever okay so that's where you got to lay hands and you got to start creating a great you literally have to start creating a gradient in that circumstance so so laying somebody on their side to start or doing an ISA role is yeah. the exact same thing it's just based on where the expansion is for me to allow them to to them to mani- man I can't talk this one to allow them to manipulate the grading okay okay oh, yeah. Good morning, happy Tuesday. I have Neurocoffee coffee in hand and it is perfect. All right, very busy Tuesday coming up, digging straight into today's Q&A. This is with Robbie and Robbie had a, a really cool question about how we perceive things through a bias. And so this comes down to a a modeling question. And um, what we need to make sure is that we have a coherent and useful and and effective model. Um, There are different representations of this. So if you use a dead guy anatomy type of a model, then you think in levers and planes Um, and, and such, whereas a living, breathing, dynamic human being doesn't have those. And so it doesn't mean that that model's not useful at certain times, it just means that it's immediately placing a limitation on what is possible and therefore you are restricting your capacity to, to intervene. This is the problem with almost every system that's available out there is they're making certain assumptions and, and they're not close enough to the truth or, or to reality and therefore they will always fail. And so that's why we need to continue to evolve this representative model. And so, so we kind of cover some ground in that regard in, in this question. So thank you, Robbie. Um, definitely going to be helpful for a lot of people. Everybody have an
4: outstanding Tuesday and I'll see you tomorrow. Good morning, sir. How are you, young man? I'm well. I'm well. There's a heat wave here in Ireland, so people were out taking photos of the sun. It's a rare occurrence here.
0: <laughs> they they ask questions like, what is that in the sky?
4: Yeah, there's grandparents telling their grandkids, so you don't see this too often, so make sure you take it out. <laughs> That's hilarious. It hurts, it hurts my eyes, grandma. <laughs> look at it, I said, look at <laughs> it. Um it's a bit, it's a pity Zach went off the call there because you, you kiss Lisa goodbye and I was about to say to Zach that he better take a good representation of that when he goes to kiss Lee. Please <laughs> God, I don't have uh, I don't think they're too complicated. Just two, uh, in my mind, quick ones. Is the most common representation we see when people are standing with regards to their feet late left and early right. It just seems to be that seems to be the most common one we're seeing most no. of the time. It isn't. That's you know. okay. That's fair enough. I just wanted to know. It just seems to be a common one I'm seeing.
0: Um, so so uh it may be that you have a biased population. So so this is this is one of the questions that comes up a lot because um, you know, uh if uh, I'm gonna pick on you just for a second, Jen. So like if in Jen's world, she thinks everybody's a baseball player. <laughs> yeah. you know why? That's all she sees as baseball players. Not and that's not all she sees, but She sees so many of them. Right. That would be, that would be a bias. Right. And so you just got to be careful with that because the, the, the day that you think that everybody's the same Mm -hmm. is the day day that you just hit a brick wall and you go, but it worked yesterday, you know, Uh, and you, you you can't go there. There are you, you, everybody's going to be moving forward. So, so from a biomechanical perspective, every uh, compensatory adaptation that we produce will shift the center of gravity forward.
4: Yeah.
0: And then it becomes then it becomes like defending, right? It's like, I have to control my center of gravity. Um, there's certainly internal force bias that everybody has to manage to varying degrees, right? And so archetype and is going to affect that strategy. And so again, it's like if you've got a biased population, then you're going to see a lot of the same stuff over and over again. But but I I, I challenge you to to not fall into the trap of the, of of saying that everybody's the same.
4: Yeah, the the bias was the exact word coming to my mind because I suppose just as I'm getting deeper into the model too, just it's almost as if, and maybe it's just it's only the small exposure I've had so far, but it's almost at like the default if someone doesn't know, they just go, oh, late left, early right. It's like, I'm, and in my head, I'm like, surely, like, why is it? Maybe it's just in the little sample size I've seen so far. It just seems to be the default that when people don't know, they're really just kind of falling back to that pattern, maybe because of... What are
0: you, you, you going to do, Robbie? What are you going to do What are you gonna do when you see, when you see uh, two middle feet?
4: When I see two middle feet?
0: Like they're, 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 they're in middle propulsion on
4: both sides. If they're in mid propulsion, so on that both means sides. their
0: feet look exactly this. Their feet look exactly the same.
4: Well, no two feet look the same, but I get what you mean. What their toes what are they, what...
0: straight, their toes are straight, their toes are straight. Their knees are bent. Okay. They can't straighten their knees. Right. Yeah. And their their feet look exactly the same.
4: This is it's what like, I do. This do you want to see what I do? I do this. I pick up the phone and I go, Bill.
0: <laughs> two, two, thing, two. The, what my my, my my I I see I see enough of variety that because I get I get like I get the all the weird stuff the like this and that's not weird weird like are not weird people it's just like the stuff that. Like yesterday, um, I had a a lady, that a former college basketball player that blew out her patellar tendon. Um, She had a bunch of scarring. Um, She hasn't been able to straighten her knee for nine years. Right? And we did a little, you know, thingy and now she can straighten her knee, you know, Um, just because they didn't account for some of the, of the, the, the twists and turns. But the foot representation that she had on the right side, so she's 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 like six foot three. and um, But the foot representation that she had on the right side was a crushed middle, like, end middle propulsive foot. Hmm. Right? Which is not what you would ex- what it's not what you would expect
4: based on, I, I, on your question. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not saying that that's what I'm seeing all the time. Uh, I'm just saying so far, it's it's kind of like it's a bias i think people have like in my mind i'm i'm, I'm thinking that that can't like that's not right there's no way ever, like the majority of people are always showing up but that it just can't be and i'm just feel yeah. that people are just kind of like whether it's because certain they've heard gone through certain education it, it, that says everyone's right you know what i mean
0: well but it, it may just be it just may be where they are at, yeah. at the at this point in time they just haven't seen enough right so and, yeah. and and this this is one of the this is one of the the issues of of learning in the atmosphere in which you learn if if you are consuming information and then just spitting it back out that's the type of a response that you would make
4: yeah you'd say oh everybody does that it's like no they don't no they don't yeah, yeah. no that yeah. that's all it I was just making sure that it's
0: all, well, yeah. like it, it it's a, it's one one of the things that that you have to recognize over time it's that you just never knew what the options were.
4: Hmm.
0: Right? Yeah. So if I talk about, if I talk about ERs and IRs, okay, to most people, they're gonna see turns. Right? They're gonna see ER turns out, IR turns in. And I would say that ER goes up, IR goes down. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that was an option. Yes, it is. But that changes the perspective a little bit now. When you when you start to look at somebody and you say, "Oh, this has turned out. This has turned in," it's like, "Wait a minute! If I have a compressive force, guess what? That's the superimposition of internal rotation." Yeah. Right. And yeah. so you have to account for that. But see, if you never knew, if you never knew that that was part of the option that's going to take place during an internal rotation and an external rotation. Yeah.
4: yeah. It's never just yeah. For yeah. It's just their their frame of reference is only like.
0: Well, again, it's just, it's like, what is your, what is your exposure? Like, how do you, how do you relate to, to the, the, what your findings are to whatever thought process is in your head? Yeah. Perfect. Right. It's, it's like, it's, it's like looking at a straight leg raising going, oh, you have tight hamstrings. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay you know it's 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 like blaming that and because that's the because that's the classic representation and so like th- that's what they'll tell you and you go to physical therapy school and it's like that's what they're going to tell you in physical therapy school it's like oh you get right they're, they're gonna they're gonna blame a structure and then you get stuff like well i'm just gonna static stretch a structure and then that should help and then it doesn't help and then you wonder what's
4: going on you mean those people who taught me there's a sagittal and frontal plane them liars Ugh. okay <laughs> Dead guys,
0: dead guys do. My, my my point is, it's like it's like what, what is what is the frame of reference of your model? If you're using it, if you're using a, a, a dead human being as your as your representative model, then a lot of that stuff is is on the table as far as yeah. planes, points in space, uh, levers, like all of those things come back into play in that context. Yeah. But if that's your context for a dynamically moving human being. Now you have you have imposed limitations on your on your process because it doesn't work that way. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. I have NeuroCoffee in hand and it is perfect. All right. Well, today is Wednesday. That means tomorrow's Thursday. That means tomorrow, 6 a.m. Coffee and Coaches Conference call as usual grab yourself a cup of coffee please join us for some great people great q a and a great way to start thursday okay digging into today's q a is with manuel manuel's question started off as a squat related question in regards to archetype but it led us into some deeper principles in regards to movement so we have to consider physical structure so archetype comes into play so when i constructed the wide and narrow archetypes I was giving you a framework to work from that allows you to understand how people may be able to uh, move through space and execute certain activities. Um, This also lends us to the fact that now we have to make better training decisions in that regard. So sometimes we have to adapt the exercise to the individual as the individual will not be able to adapt to the exercise. Sometimes you can change muscle orientation and gain access to positions and movement. And sometimes you have to change your coaching cues. And so again, these are very, Uh, useful principles to understand. So we have to understand structure and load and muscle orientation and performance demands to allow us to make the best possible decisions. So again, uh, Manuel, great question. Thank you so much. Uh, Everybody have an outstanding Wednesday. I will see you tomorrow morning, 6 AM coffee and coaches conference call.
2: Yeah. I had a question about uh, debt. And so given that wide, uh, ISAs they, they orient from the bottom up and narrows yep. from the top down you know i was thinking about strategies to um when these individuals have a hard time getting past the sticking point they can't hit a deep squat so mm-hmm. you know i was thinking do you think it would be better for like um like a wide isa to do something where you unweight them like maybe hold on to a cable or whatever so that they access, so that they start from the bottom up to try yeah. to access the space. Whereas with a narrow, you could do something like, um, I don't know, like a Zercher squat on a ramp or something. You're starting from the top down and yeah. build, building it that way. Or, would, yeah. you know. No, would no. Your,
0: your, your instinct is really good. So, so but, but let's let's talk about this a little bit. Um, as to why. Okay. So when somebody descends into a squat, why do they stop?
2: Uh, they run out of space.
0: Yeah. There's no, so there's, it, it's kind of like we've, we've been talking about throughout this call. It's like there's, there's just no more, there's no more gradient, right? So there's no more expansion in the direction that they're trying to, they're trying to move. And so this is why, like in, in everybody's seen this to some degree, somebody, they say, Hey, uh, let me see your squat. And they squat down and then their butt goes backwards and their head goes forwards, right? And they look like a downhill skier, right? Their chest is kind of on their thighs, their butt's going straight back and and they're reaching forward and and they think that they're doing a great deep squat. And then we just kind of, you know, do the internal head shake thing that they can't see. And then you kind of know right? So the reason that they're doing that though is, is, and the reason that they're following that shape is because they're just following the expansion, right? You said go down as far as you can. And so they're trying to go down as far as they can, but, but now they're hitting, they're literally hitting the, the floor, so to speak. And then they spread out front to back, which is head to tail, right? Okay. So if, if you have somebody that is, that is Descending and stops. That's just the point of compression. That's that's just where they no longer have a gradient. If you can if you can change the context of the activity, and and prolong their ability to maintain the gradient, you've just increased the depth of the squat. Mm-hmm. So strategy wise, I I would be on on board with that, right? execution then becomes a bit of a problem because then that's that's where the experiment takes place as to okay, what do I have available? What kind of a structure am I dealing with here? You know when you've got somebody that's that's you know AP compressed, you've got a lot of ER orientation to deal with there. you know, so you might have to put them in that space. but you know from a strategy standpoint,
2: you're absolutely right. Yeah. Cause you know, my, my goal with either of those two movements was to create the expansion for them to access the space in the beginning. <clears throat> yep. In the first Absolutely. place. And so yeah. then, you know, um, I've had success with the ramp squat, but I was trying to be a little bit more targeted and think, okay, uh-huh. you know, what if I could start from the bottom up for some people and top down for others? So. Yeah. No, it's like, it's like,
0: like, I, I won't disagree. It's, it, and, and again, your, your, your narrow ISAs because they're, they're d- designed to be better squatters in the first place. They tend to do really, really well with those, those squat strategies that are, that are biased towards like capturing the early mm-hmm. because they, they, like I said, they're, they're just pre-designed to be better at it. Right? Um, with, with your, and you know, uh, with your wides and this this is why I like you know the, the the box squat variations is because it's a little bit easier to to work them off of the sticking point like just above or just below right and it allows them to to promote the the yield as well which is what a lot of times they just can't do at all
2: and since we're trying to increase you know, <throat> uh, relative motion, we're trying to increase access, uh, access to a space. Is it, I guess, how far would you want to, would you want to, I guess, restrict the motion, for example, like, you know, having your feet pointing straight ahead versus something that's kind of a little bit, you know, towed out more as if the, as in their normal squat.
0: Yeah. What's what, that's, this is going to come down to, to like intention. Mm-hmm. So, if you had an Olympic weightlifter,
2: or want to I, I
0: don't know if you, I don't know if you've ever worked with them before, but, but uh, uh, <laughs> okay, once once in there a while, are, so so you think of the scenario of okay, you literally have to access this vertical position, so like there's a depth that they better be able to reach, right? So they can so they can get under the bar. Under that circumstance, it's like you can't force somebody into a position that they do not have access to. So hip structure becomes a bit of a problem, right? Orientation becomes part of the problem. And under that circumstance, it's like there's going to be toe out. There's going to be ER orientation, right? So I can superimpose the, the IR. That's going to be pure execution. So you have to take that into account. Just like if you were teaching them the lifts, it's like, what is your expectation to, to reacquire movement it's like you're going to have to make those accommodations too right it's just to whatever degree within that context mm-hmm. right because p- performance shows you the great limitation right i mean it's like like there, you you know that you're going to have a lifters that will never be able to squat with anything that that um, doesn't have like a massive amount of toe out because again, they're trying to acquire a position with a very specific physical structure that will not allow certain things to happen.
4: Right.
0: And then the, the greater your capacity to access the ideal puts you on the Olympic team versus just being a guy who likes to do the lifts.
2: Gotcha. Okay. okay.
0: Yeah. So you you build your intention in and and you say, okay, I'm going to compare you. I'm going to compare you to the ideal. So I understand what you're doing. And then we will try to move you in that direction to whatever capacity you have without inflicting any unnecessary consequences.
2: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Okay. Happy Thursday. I have neurocoffee in hand and.
2: It is perfect, but today I want to ask about doing a, a supine cross connect. But
4: for
1: people who can't achieve the the foot contacts, the you know the, the medial contacts, and they don't have the option to get manual intervention from. Uh, know from a therapist and they're working on their own do you have any ideas for changing the actual foot contact with the wall like for example putting a a slant block on the wall or something like that or putting something underneath the
2: first metatarsal head something that's that could be done without oh. manual intervention from a second you, person. You, you,
0: you don't want to do that because you're going to. Perpetuate. In order to gain, those to learn those for
3: context.
0: Yeah, you you, do, you don't want to, you don't want to do that to the foot because you're going to promote the wrong shape and you're going to, you're going to perpetuate the ER orientation. Okay so much better strategy number one you want to try to determine why you're not getting the foot contact and so what you might have is, some, is somebody that is oriented significantly into external rotation and so that would need to be addressed first if it's a proximal to distal superimposition of the er very much like we talked with alex in regards to the mandible we'll see the same representation in the hip Um, you need to address that shape first. So that might require something done in sideline, perhaps, that's going to give you some some lateral compression. So you gain the anterior-posterior expansion back, which will allow you to capture those medial foot contacts without compensation. Okay. Now, having said that, there are other strategies that can reduce the concentric orientation in the foot itself that are interfering with uh, the capability of capturing medial foot contacts. And so that would that would um, be associated with um, the concentric muscle activity on the bottom of the foot. And so you, you fall back on, if, if you're uh, not somebody that uses hands-on um, uh, type of treatments, then speaking of the devil, like I got a guy coming on that that's a strength coach that doesn't do manual therapy, but he does manual therapy. Um, so um, in that case, that's like your lacrosse ball, your something that you're rolling with your foot to help reduce some of the concentric orientation on the bottom of the foot. And then that may allow you to access those medial foot contacts. If that doesn't work, there's some banded mobilizations that you can that can you can utilize that are going to help promote the bony influence um, that you're looking for. But that's a little bit beyond the scope of this call because it's very difficult to visualize. But there are strategies that will allow you to access those those foot contacts. But the first thing that you need to uh, identify is why you're not getting the foot contacts in the first place. If And again, if, if you try to accommodate the foot to the wall, all you're gonna do is promote the wrong shape in the foot because that's the okay. idea behind the exercise, okay?
2: Thank you, that's actually very helpful.
0: Good, okay. I, I tried to cover all bases there. You did great. Thank you. Okay. I didn't want to leave you hanging. Good morning. Happy Friday. I have neuro coffee in hand and it is perfect. All right. For those of you on the two week sprint, this is your review and reflection weekend. Make sure that your behaviors are in line with your intentions and you are making progress towards all of those major projects that you have in mind. Digging into today's Q&A, this is with Zach. This is a really cool situation. So uh, Zach is working with an athlete, had a very short period of time to diagnose and treat to try to get an outcome and did a great job, actually um, made a significant impact on this athlete's symptoms to such a degree that that the athlete felt like he could practice. Um, So this was really exciting. The cool part about this though, is now you have to look back and you have to say, okay, what, what did I see? What happened? What was my intention? And so so these are really important questions to ask under all circumstances. We tend to only ask ourselves questions when we fail miserably, but when we're successful, we have to look back and we have to ask the same questions. So this is the importance of having starting conditions. So this is one of the reasons why when I constructed the archetypes for the wide and the narrow ISAs, the reason those exist is because they give us an effective starting point. So when we do evaluate someone or we assess them and we determine where they are, what their needs may be, we have the comparator of the foundational archetype because that's how we're going to work back and reverse engineer these these processes to restore whatever relative motions they may need or whatever performance quality they need to develop. And so, like I said, the, the important thing is to keep asking those questions, even when you're successful. It's like, What did I see? What could I have done differently? It's a very powerful question that you should always be asking. So Zach, thank you so much um, for this question. It's a a great way to to understand this process of how we get better. Um, So again, thank you. Uh, Podcast will be up on Sunday. Everybody have an outstanding weekend. And I will see you next week. Onward.
3: All right. All right. So I had a question, um, just trying to like get a better understanding, um, of like how energy is traveling through the system, like with respect to waves. Uh Um, and I guess like, I'll give a little bit of context of like why I started thinking about this, which might help answer. Uh Um, there was a a football kid that I I literally had like five minutes with him before he had to go out to practice. Um, but he came in with like lateral hip pain and medial knee pain. Um, the knee pain more so with just doing like, even like a single leg kind of like mini squat type motion and then the lateral hip pain. So if he's going into like a change of direction into the left side, back out to the right, pain on the, it was, pain's on the right side. Sorry. Um, well,
0: okay. Wait. So he's, so he's going like into a cut on the left foot and he gets right. Yeah. Hit. Like
3: if this, if this is. Nope. Feet, I got it. I'm right with you. So, out. I'm,
0: and it's right hip, though, but he, he feels did, in the as,
3: as he crosses over with the penultimate step.
0: OK. Oh, he's doing it. So it's at the crossover or it's it's the it's the positioning step.
3: No, it's like as he's going into it, it's that it's the penultimate step as the right foot comes across his body to like start the break. Oh, ankles.
0: I got you. OK. And
3: like left foot's fine as he comes out. I'm with you. I'm um, with you. So just like throwing him on the table had like a massive ER orientation. There,
1: and there on, you go. On that, the right side. Yeah,
3: um, yep. and then like a the same twist at the knee. Yep. so just really quick, basically just like laid on his pelvis and then manually untwisted the knee. Uh-huh. Knee pain gone, hip pain like greatly reduced. The point that he felt like he could practice.
0: Brilliant, nice work.
3: <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, but,
0: hey, hey, dude, like like don't discount that. It's like yeah. you did you did an amazing thing in a very short period of time because of your your reasoning. That's great. I love it.
3: I'm trying to understand a little better, like how I influenced the way that he was able to accept force from the ground up and then put it back down. Um, okay. So
0: it, hang on. This is real simple. This is like crazy simple, dude. Come on. Look at the orientation that you started in. Okay. If if you were, so if he was just taking a, a straight old step forward with the right leg. Okay. You got, you have got energy that's coming up from the ground through the right foot into the lower extremity towards the hip where's it landing like it's it's following it yeah so look straight down through the femur okay straight down like from above in your head look straight down through the femur and then straight down through the tibia do you see the corkscrew
3: Kinda is this is this something you could potentially draw or is that not? Uh, oh,
0: you're really asking a lot for my art artistic talents here. You you have you have an er to ir er to ir situation, okay? Yeah, that's what you got. Okay, so if 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 you're if you're looking like literally straight down through the hip socket, down through the femur, straight into the ground and in, in, into the foot from from above, you've got a curve that goes like this and you got another curve that goes like that? Yes. Okay. So you, you made a proximal change that reduced the, the compressive strategy that he had at the hip. So so you compressed the pelvis, correct? Yeah. Okay. So he's got an ER representation or an erd orientation at the proximal hip that you took away. All right, so that reduces, that reduces the need for the anti-orientation. You gave him true IR, true IR. You gave him like, instead of an anti-orientation for IR, you gave him relative motion IR. So he was he was superimposing, he was now capable of superimposing the IR on the ER. Okay, yep. you untwist the knee Right, You reduce the load on the medial aspect of the knee as he is starting to try to load that foot with the, with the crossover into the cot.
3: Yeah, I think I see that.
0: So, so you gave him legit IRs when he needed higher force production into the ground versus orientation and downward compression through the, through the bones themselves. So the hip was a compressive strategy that is magnified. The knee was a compressive strategy that was magnified by the forces of the cut. You gave them the capacity to distribute load by restoring relative motions in the knee.
3: All right, that's helpful. Do you, you understand? Yeah, I see it.
0: Yeah. So, so again, the, the, where you were applying pressure through the through the hip and the pelvis literally changed the shape that allow that, that reduces the need for the anterior orientation. So all of that concentric orientation that you had that was compressing the femur into IR, gone. Well, mostly gone. Yep. Yeah. All
3: right, cool. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting because his, his athletic trainer had looked at him the day before and they just kind of like asked him like, "Like, right, what did you see? Cause they just said like, can you just like look at him really quick before he tries to go out and practice? Um, and it was like one of those things where like you always talk about, like being able to speak both languages is like from the athlete training standpoint, he saw like an, what he called an outflare on the right yeah. side. Yeah. he had to do like a muscle energy technique that wasn't effective from like when he remeasured didn't do anything to the symptoms. And I was right. like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like that makes sense. Like outflare, ER orientation. Um, but I guess it's just having like a little bit of a different solution. So it's like one yeah. of those moments where like, it's kind of cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like, after a while, it does start to make sense, right? (laughs) Yeah. See? There you go. All
3: right. Cool. Is that it? Yeah. that, That helps.
0: All right. Well, that's awesome. I love that story. Yeah. Don't forget that.